Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett from Lifter LMS, and in this episode, we're going to be talking with online course production specialist Grant Worley from MonetizeMyExpertise.com. Grant is the founder and owner of Monetize My Expertise, which is an online course production company. There's a ton of value in the show. Um, I can't wait for you to check out what's in here. The audio, some of my audio is a little uh, not at the highest quality because I was traveling, but please bear with that. Uh, Grant is a leader in our space, and I'm so excited to have him on our show today. Grant, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I come across, I talk with a lot of experts as I'm sure you do too. When I come across somebody else who is just as obsessed with the online course industry as I am, it's always a lot of fun because we can get a little meta about what's, you know, what's going on in the industry and stuff like that. Um, I'm on the technology side at Lifter LMS and providing tools to, you know, make it easier for course creators to build, um, and own their platform. What? Well, in our in our pre-chat before the the call here, we were talking talking about a blue ocean you discovered in terms of what course creators you know are challenged with and what they're facing. What what is that blue ocean, and how to, can you tell us about your story stepping into uh, monetizemyexpertise.com? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you think about courses, I guess there's three or depending on how you count it, maybe four components of it. Right. There's uh, the topic and the topical expertise. There's the production of the course itself, which is a, you know, it's a different process or skill set just because you know how to, you're an expert on a topic doesn't mean you know actually how to deliver it through a course or build a course around that. Third thing is the tech. Third, uh, fourth thing would be the, the marketing, right? Those are four entirely different things, right? You can be good at one or all or none or, or what have you, right? And uh, so the reason I ultimately got into what we do uh, now, well, actually, let me speak to the second part of the question first. So, um, way back when, I, I, I built some courses on my own, um, just you know, because the whole online course thing was very interesting. Um, wanted to explore that, and it was, it was very enjoyable. Um, and then people started asking me for help with theirs, and then kind of just through lots of interesting trial and error and testing stuff out and doing things for random people, it's kind of slowly iterated into what it is today. Um, and the reason we made that strategic decision way back when. Actually, well, it wasn't like a particular point. It was kind of, again, very iterative. And we, we've done things on all sides of courses. Um, but at one point, we, we did make the decision to focus on the course production side of things. Because there's a lot of tools out there nowadays, like, like yours uh, as well, that makes the, the tech stuff quite simple. There's a lot of companies out there that do market, like marketing agencies, for example. But there really wasn't any good company that helps you uh, build the course materials itself, right? Like there's a lot of uh, book publishers or, you know, like, ghostwriting services, for example, or, or whatever. Um, but there's nothing very comparable to that for courses, right? So people, so all these probably millions at this point of people trying to make courses, they're kind of just trying to do it. They maybe take a course about courses and they try and do it on their own. There was really no good service providers that actually helped people do it or took over some of that work. Um, so I kind of recognized that opportunity a couple years back and started exploring that and uh, kind of went from there. That's awesome. <clears throat> I talk about a lot on this podcast, the four-legged stool of what a course creator has to be good at. One of those, of course, is just having some expertise or mastery. Uh, the other thing where you sit has to do with the instructional design, the actual creation of the content. Then you have to be a technology delivery person. 
and a and a community builder and a marketer. And these are all very different skill sets. For sure. Um, so <clears throat> what are, like when you talk to an expert, how do you bring um, order to the chaos that they pull a course out of somebody who wants to do it, but maybe needs help? So yeah, you're asking about the, the process that we go through to actually build the content? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting, and, it, and like I'm happy to explain it. But one of the things that's that's kind of interesting about it is because there really aren't very many parallel companies doing what we do. Like it's kind of hard to explain it and have it really fully click. But once people like start to go through the process, they're like, "Oh, wow, this is really cool. I recognize the value in it." But I'm happy to explain it verbally. But just fair warning, it may not like really fully click with people. Like why it's useful um, without some further elaboration. But basically, the process that we go through. Um, is it's a couple different phases. The first one is, you know, like, okay, what do you want this course to accomplish? What's the high level goals for it? Who's it for? You know, some, some basic introductory stuff to sort of uh, set the direct, overall direction of the project. From there, we move into to building a, what we call a course curriculum, which is like a high level overview of, you know, maybe it's gonna cover these 10 topics. Here's a little bit more further elaboration about what it's gonna be about. And we do that through, um, through people on our team that we call content developers. Um, like our main one right now, um, his name is Matt. He's awesome. He's got a, he's got an MBA. He used to be a consultant and he's basically really, really good at, um, it's sort of a mix of interviewing people, listening very carefully and, and asking the right questions to help them sort of, uh, clarify things, poking holes and maybe in things that don't make sense. And kind of also leading along the best way to, to turn that topic or expertise into an actual course. Uh, and so we do this over a series of, of several calls in a couple of different phases. So there's like a kickoff call, a couple of course curriculum development calls. From there, we move into uh, developing individual lesson plans. So that's mapping out what each individual lesson is gonna cover in terms of the topics, uh, anecdotes, calls to action, there's gonna be a quiz, things like that. Um, and so basically, from the client perspective, the way we try and structure it, because the most common person that we work with is like a super busy consultant who speaks in a new city every week, for example, um, or like a, a speaker or an author or something like that. Um, it's one of the common avatars, if you will. And they kind of just have to like show up on the calls that we've booked with them to go through this content development process. And then we kind of do all the legwork of, of building out the, the materials for that. And we go on to like building the slides and, and worksheets and editing all the videos and stuff. So basically they just have to show up on the, on the call, the content development calls where we're interviewing them and then do a run through of, uh, of the lesson plans in terms of recording it. Cause usually 95% of the time, they, they still want their, their voice and, and face associated with it. Although we've done a couple projects where we provided voiceovers as well. That's very uncommon. Um, so they just have to, to run through the content once we've built out all the lesson plans, give us that file, and we, we do everything before and after that. With your the way you guys work, is it possible to do what you do with anybody anywhere in the world? Does it happen remotely? Or um, is there a component where there has to be a film crew or something like that, boots on the ground? No, actually, uh, no, we, we do it all remote. Um, and there's some specific reasons behind that. Um, because it's, it's a huge pain. And it's, it's sort of a deal breaker for like, hey, fly out to our local studio in LA. And you know, it's more expensive for us. So we're gonna have to charge you a bunch more as well. You know, it's, there's a lot of consequences of using that kind of model. Um, but we use a different model where it's, it's all remote, you know, through kind of like Skype and zoom and, and whatnot, like we're using now. Um, and so one of the, the, there's a significant aspect of that, which is um, we focus more on, on slide-based courses versus like talking head-based courses, although some of them are. 
And a lot of them incorporate elements of that. Um, but obviously, since we're not flying people out to physical locations, uh, you know, we, we can't exactly like record them from our side of things. But sometimes we help people uh, like book a local studio. If they, oftentimes people want to record a little 30 second introduction to their lessons or their modules or whatever. And we kind of edit that in. Um, but at the end of the day, that's uh, some people have it in their head. They should make this super flashy uh, talking head based course with like a professional film crew and like crazy animations and stuff like that. It's actually usually counterproductive. Because uh, I'm sure like probably 20% of the people listening now have that in their head. That that's the best way to do it. And that's the highest value way of doing it. It's actually not. There's a lot of courses out there that are insanely successful, which are um, slide based or, or screencast based or, or what have you. And oftentimes it's a better way of communicating the information. Like if you're teaching a course about programming, you're talking about programming to the camera. That's not going to help anybody. <laughs> You've got to show your screen, right? Um, so there, there's, there's some different uh, things there to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, it's all remote and that makes it a lot easier for our clients as well. Like we work with some Australian clients, um, but we don't have any uh, employees in Australia. And so that makes that possible. And um, yeah, we've worked with people in, in quite a few countries, which is pretty cool. That's amazing. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about experts and uh, the ones who succeed and the ones who fail or get frustrated a little bit. Um, I would imagine like if somebody has you know some resources and they really want a professional to come help with the course production part what does that person who goes through your process have that allows it to to all click for them as opposed to somebody who's like an expert but not really a teacher not really a technologist who gets kind of frustrated like what um I, another way to ask that is like what kind of mistakes do you see course creators making that your, your business solves? Yeah, so I mean, uh, there's a couple of different problematic areas for, for courses in general. Um, some of the most common ones are uh, just the general project as a whole, like not understanding that there's, you know, at least four different main components of a course, and probably you're not good at three of them, to be honest, if you're trying to make a course. Again, 20 years, 25 years of being a, um, a fitness trainer, that doesn't mean you can build a course about it. It also doesn't mean you can build a course website about it. It also doesn't mean you can necessarily market it, right? So those are three very important things. Most people don't really think that far ahead um, and realize the complexity involved there, right? Because, I mean, so, so we have a 10-person um, a company right now, and we do some of those other things as like an add-on, but it, in terms of our primary service, we do one of those four things. And that's very intentional because in the past we tried to do you know, some website setups, some marketing stuff as well. And even with like a 10 person team, it's almost impossible to do that well with all of those different things because they're entirely different skill sets. Basically, you have to have a different team or company around each of those different things, right? So let alone an individual course creator trying to do all four of those things themselves. It's really hard. And, um, uh, and that's something people underestimate. Um, so it's, it's worth kind of thinking that through and thinking where you might get stuck, what, what, what you should get some help with. Um, cause there's probably very specific areas that you're definitely going to need help with. And if you don't anticipate that ahead of time, you're just going to like run into a brick wall and get stuck there, or get frustrated or whatever. Um, so that's, that's one thing. The, the second thing, um, yeah, there's just a couple points along the way where people often get stuck. Um, another common thing that, that we see as well, and this often happens, it's funny cause people will come and, and talk to us and we'll, we'll have some calls with them and explore working with them. And they'll be like, 
I don't know. I, I could pay you guys. Or I could just do it myself. Right. And, uh, and sometimes they'll go off and, and try and do it themselves. Um, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I'm not sure. I can't think of a, a single example. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I just didn't know about it. But nobody has ever come back to me and said, oh, we went off and tried to do it on our own and we actually got it finished. Like that's never happened. But the reverse has happened quite a few times where it's like, oh, we'll, we'll do it on our own. It's fine. I'm an expert on this topic. That, that's, that's cool. It'll get it done. Um, but then it doesn't end up happening. And there's, we have some funny like scenarios where that's actually played out. Um, like I have a case study about a client that we ended up working with who spent literally a year uh, and like, like something crazy, like 50 grand, like thousands of hours of work. Um, and he had, did not have a course by the end of it. He had like an Evernote full of like hundreds of pages of, of notes and sketches and stuff. Um, and he was really no closer to making a course. And, and part of what we did was like boil all that down to like, okay, let's clear out all the fluff and like, what should this actually be about and get it done. Um, so that, that's another thing that, that, that happens a lot as well. Um, the other sticking point people, people have is, uh, and it all kind of comes back to the theme of, of not having a plan for each of these four important things. Um, another one people get stuck with is like, how do they market it once it's up? It's a pretty common question, um, which actually there's some pretty straightforward answers to that, uh, to the marketing uh, bit about courses. And it's not as hard as sometimes it seems, but it's worth figuring out what your plan is for that, right? You need to get it in front of a certain number of people to make it a viable uh, product or, or revenue stream. And you should have a plan for how you're going to do that. Um, it's not overly complicated. Like you don't have to be an expert in like Facebook ads or, or whatever. There's a couple simple ways to do it. Um, but it's worth, again, having a, at least some kind of idea or a service provider to like help with each of those four areas just to make sure you don't get stuck somewhere along the way. So those, those are some of the common themes that I see most commonly. So for the course creators you, you work with um, and the ones that you see spending way too much time uh, trying to do that themselves, what is the quicksand that people get stuck in that, that where they lose those 5,000 hours that you, know, you, you avoid? Yeah. Um, actually, to, to speak to one of the things you said before, which I thought was quite funny, use the analogy, just to rewind real quick, um, about uh, how it's similar to building a house. It's actually funny because we use that exact same analogy because it's okay. like, okay, I, I want to build a house. Am I just going to go in and try and build a house? Even, even if you know perfectly what you want it to look like, that doesn't mean you can actually do it. You should probably hire an architect and a construction crew. So sometimes we kind of jokingly refer to us as like your course architects and construction crew. Um, because at the end of the day, if, if there's a reason why people go to like architecture, get a degree in architecture and, you know, people uh, pay quite a bit to construction crews to build stuff because um, they, they specialize that, right? Even even though you might have the vision for what your house, what you want it to look like or function or how many floors or whatever, they'll make sure it actually like happens and it doesn't fall down <laughs> once it's done. Um, so anyways, I thought that was a funny analogy that, that we use as well. Uh, to answer your, your other question about where do people get stuck when they do get stuck in the course creation process, um, I said there's a couple. There's a couple sticking points. Um, actually, quite a few, but some of the most uh, common ones, at least on the top of my mind right now. So, first off, it's very hard to build a course in a in a silo. Like you're, you're behind your you're by yourself behind your computer, and you're trying. You're saying, "Okay, I want to make a course." And again, maybe you have 25 years of experience doing X, Y, Z, like a sales trainer. And you're like, I want to build a course about sales. I have a blank screen in front of me. <laughs> okay, let's go. Uh, probably you'll get somewhere with it, but it's very hard to do it that way, which is why people get writer's block and things like that. Because you're not really getting feedback. You're not really sure where to start. It's very hard to even know how to teach something. Because actually, 
it's funny because sometimes people are like, well, I'm so experienced in this. I should be able to build a course in it, right? Actually, that can be counterproductive because it, it can be very hard for somebody who's very, very, very experienced in topic to sort of dumb it down to somebody who's not as experienced, right? Which is why, you know, think about the, uh, like a nuclear physicist trying to explain something to a, a second grader. Like it can be hard for them uh, because they just know too much and it's hard to like think about, okay, what do I know that they don't know that I have to like start from scratch with? Um, so that's something that, that I think is, is interesting to keep in mind. Um, and people kind of get stuck with that. And easiest solution there, which kind of is built into what we do is, is just kind of interacting with other people as you're trying to build the course. You know, you can sort of make it a, a fun thing where maybe if you have a community, you're kind of engaging them along the way, getting their feedback, sending them like little uh, drafts of lesson plans or, or whatever. Um, just to, you know, spark some ideas and they'll point out where things don't make sense or um, they'll help just jar you out of writer's block, which you'll probably hit at some point. Um, other things that, oh, another thing that the people get stuck with as well is again, this is most common for the people that we work with is again, they're super, super busy. Like very few people who are trying to build courses only have courses in their business. It's usually something that supplements their main thing that they're doing. Again, consulting, a service, speaking, writing books, whatever it is. Um, or podcasting, for example. Um, so they've got a lot of other stuff going on, right? So there, it's very easy, it's very difficult to stay focused long enough to, to build a really good course, especially if it's the first time you're doing it, there's gonna be a learning curve, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, you're juggling that with the other stuff that you're doing. So there's kind of an accountability aspect as well. If you're just trying through willpower to like figure it out along the way and keep yourself on track, a lot of people don't make it through the process because it can take like three months, six months, sometimes even longer. Um, you know, especially if you're doing it part-time and you're juggling like your main business, uh, that can be a huge sticking point. It can really derail people. Um, so those are some things that come to mind off the cuff. That's really good stuff. Um, <clears throat> another thing just to build on our building a house construction, I think part of the issue is, you know, when a construction crew shows up at the house, there's all these, all these tools and materials and you can see people making things. It's very visible. Mm. But course building is like, I've got a Mac. I think different. I got this. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's more, you know, the process is more uh, hidden. So it's easy granted the various steps or the processes. It's just not as visible as something. Uh, I mean, it's an online course. It's not an in-person like university you're building. I mean, think about how hard it would be to build a schoolhouse and, you know, put teachers in there and, you know, building in the real world kind of makes you think about how much goes into it. Well, that's, yeah, that's really great. Um, well, tell us about your webinar. I know you have a webinar that helps people. What are you teaching that? Yeah, basically I just tried to go through a lot of the, a lot of the things that come up very, very commonly uh, in the conversations that we have with people. And I also tried to focus it on um, like important messages that aren't commonly covered elsewhere. Um, because we have a very particular perspective about building courses, which is different than most of the perspectives you hear about building courses. Because the most common thing you hear about courses is from somebody who offers a course about courses. And they're very much incentivized to make it seem very, like, overly simple. Um, because they don't want it to make it, they don't want to make it seem complicated because then it deters people from doing it, right? They're like, you can make a million dollars with the course. It's really easy. You just do this, this, and this, right? Um, and and, and, I, and it's, those are still helpful for sure. But we have a different perspective because we know like what it actually takes and it's quite a bit of work. Um, and so we have, a, we have the other uh, perspective. So I tried to build the webinar on things that I haven't seen covered elsewhere, but are super, super important. And we cover some of these things like where people get hung up uh, in, in the process, 
Um, yes, yeah, certain concerns people have going into it and just like how to get around those. Like, uh, I'm trying to think now. Um, yeah, a common one is like, you know, is this going to be good? How do I make sure it's good? How do I, how do I get this done without this taking an extremely large amount of, of time or energy? Um, you know, regardless of whether they work with us, we give some, uh, some ideas about how to approach getting some help with your course. Um, you know, even if it's finding a freelance designer off Upwork or something, it's still like a step in the right direction versus trying to like design the slides, edit the videos, record the videos, build the lesson plans, doing everything yourself, which is just, it's pretty much impossible to be honest, or at least to do a good job at it. People do it, but it, you know, doing that well by yourself, pretty much impossible unless you're gonna take like two years to do it. Um, so yeah, covering a lot of, a lot of the things uh, about that. Uh, and basically the idea being that uh, if they, if they go through the webinar and they have everything that they need to be able to just get started and skip a lot of the initial sticking points that, that people have and also so solving some of the concerns, uh, that people have going into it where they're not really sure how something's going to work and it, it makes them kind of hesitate about certain things. Like for example, um, another common one is like, what's the ROI on this project going to be? Like, how do I know people are going to buy it? How do I know, like, I'm going to invest all this time. And even if I'm only investing my time. Uh, and no actual money into this project, there's still an opportunity cost associated with that. Like if you value your time at 50, 50 bucks an hour and it takes you a thousand hours, that's pretty significant. It's like 50 grand that you've essentially invested into this. And you wanna make sure that ideally your course makes at least 51 grand um, over a reasonable time frame, right? So how do you think about that going into it, um, even if you don't have an audience and, and sort of make sure it makes sense to even start doing from the get go. So I cover a lot of things like that that I just haven't seen elsewhere, but really hang people up even people who've who've studied this stuff a lot uh, but they just have a couple sticking points and yeah the idea is just to help them get through that so, so go check out monetizemyexpertise.com and find the webinar link is that the best place to get it yeah you uh it's on the menu or you can just go to monetizemyexpertise.com slash webinar perfect um <clears throat> i want to ask a few more things about your offer but before sure. we get into that, I just want to take a step back, uh, go up to 30,000 feet and look at our industry, this whole online course, online education industry. Um, and I just want to kind of would love to hear just some high level thoughts about where you think the industry is, where you think it's going. Are these early days? Is online education going mainstream? Um, do you have some high level just kind of takes on this, this whole industry of, you know, where it's trending? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And, um, I remember something that actually came up in a conversation like a year ago. Um, he was like, well, there's so many courses nowadays. Like, is it even like, is it saturated? Like, is it even worth getting into at this point? Um, which actually I remember saying about a couple other fads like Teespring and Amazon FBA and stuff. <laughs> and so at some point, in some cases, that's the answer is yes. Some cases it's no. For, for courses, I would say it's no. And obviously I'm biased in saying that. But I actually have a couple of like data points as to why that are pretty straightforward. Actually, I saw an actual study on this, which was making projections about the industry uh, coming up in like the next 10 years. And I had a lot of interesting numbers, like I forget what it was off the top of off, off the top of my head, but it was like from 2005 to 2015, it went from like something billion to like 100 billion. And then from 2015 to 2025, it's gonna go up to like 320 billion in terms of the size of the overall uh, e-learning industry. So that's one interesting thing. Um, and also obviously just think about what colleges and universities are doing nowadays and what other countries are starting to do as well. Cause I think, um, you know, obviously United States and other developed countries are probably more of the first movers in this, but um, you know, more and more people are getting computers, getting internet, things like that. So there's going to be a, 
uh, a tail end of that, even just just in terms of how it currently exists and people, you know, joining existing platforms and and uh, e-learning marketplaces. Um, all the people in more developing countries are going to be joining that as well, um, which is which is pretty cool and fun to think about. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just so many things are, are moving into this e-learning space, again, from, from universities to like companies doing fun little things for like employee onboarding or like SaaS companies uh, providing um, courses for customer onboarding, for example. Like, there's a lot of interesting ways this is branching out um, and becoming more and more significant. So um, again, I'm biased, but I don't see it really going anywhere anytime soon. And it, it seems still very much trending upward. And I, you know, like, what's going to replace it, right? It's not like it's going to disappear. Um, and it's going to evolve over time for sure. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what that takes shape as, but it's, it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon, in my opinion. Yeah, I love a lot of great points in that. And I like your point about what's going to replace it because, I mean, books were a new thing several thousand years ago, but they're still <laughs> yeah. <at home>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like using the internet to learn. I mean, they may get a little better. We may get some like artificial intelligence involved in the process, but it's and virtual uh, reality and gamification, so, yeah. but it's just modifications on the existing industry. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm really fascinated to see where this goes from here. Um, Monetize my expertise. Who is your, who is the ideal type of person that works with you? Can you just like throw that out there? What, what type of person is a perfect fit for your services? Yeah, that's a good question. Basically, um, any person or company that wants to use courses to expand or grow what they're currently doing. In some cases they already have courses, but they just want to like, you know, expand that part of their business. Um, and they rec and they don't have like a, department already developed towards doing it. Um, so for example, there, there are companies which might have like an e-learning department because it's a, currently a core part of their strategy. We can augment that, but you know, maybe it doesn't make sense to work with us. Um, but anybody who uh, needs a course built and they don't already have like an existing pipeline or team or whatever built around doing it, um, it makes a lot of sense to work with us because at the end of the day, um, if you just think about what service businesses are, you're essentially like paying for uh, quality people, a track record, efficient processes, things like that. Like you could try and go out, for example, say you want to build one course. That's actually one of the things I cover in uh, the webinar and elsewhere. Um, because some people come to us and they're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to really pay for this. Well, okay, well, what's your alternative? You can do it all yourself. And even if you just value your own time, chances are it's not going to be any cheaper if you just think about the opportunity costs. The other thing is uh, if you want to like build out your own little course development process or department or team or whatever, that's really hard to do, to be honest, because I've done it <laughs> multiple times now. Um, it's very challenging and a lot of work goes into that, especially if you want it to be good. Um, and, you know, what are the chances that your first course that that new team develops is actually going to be up to your standards? Pretty low. Um, so those are some things to keep in mind. And for whoever uh, value is producing a high level course and doesn't have uh, a team already developed to do that within their uh, business or, or people that they work with. That's the main uh, broad category. Uh, what that often looks like is, uh, again, like a high-level consultant, uh, a speaker, author, uh, podcaster, like solopreneur, some and sometimes uh, like SaaS companies or, or whatever. Um, but again, the main thing is just they have a need for courses. It's objectively valuable to them and what they're trying to achieve, but they don't have an existing way of doing it and doing it well. Awesome. Well, if that sounds like you, go check out monetizemyexpertise.com. Grant Worley, thank you for coming on the show.